This is Calvin, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've accessed the Black Talk radio show, and we're bringing you social commentary from an African-American perspective. One thing I have to let you know, though, is that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this show and others, please log on to KUCI.org. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm really excited, y'all. We got some people here. You guys probably heard the show, I think it was two, maybe three weeks ago, and I had a young lady, Daphne Lay and Ricardo Rocha, and they were on the show, and they were talking about um, an endeavor that they undertook, and what they did was uh, work out some, some interviews that they took on this campus from the students here in terms of diversity on the campus. And they took all that information and transmitted it or transmuted it or whatever you trans do to make it happen in another arena. And they did it in a, uh, a play. And there are some members of this play that are present here today. And I am so excited about Dodo and Catherine. And they're here and they're going to share some of the things that happen at this particular uh, this play. And uh, I want to tell you, I had a really, really wonderful time. And I just want you guys to hear what you missed if you weren't there. So uh, either one of you guys can start. Get close to the mic <laughs> so everybody can hear you. And and Dolo, I'm just going to start with you. Um, what made you decide, you, you know, because first of all, you guys, what is your major? Why are you here at, at, at UCI? What are you what are you trying to accomplish here at UCI? Um, hi, everybody. My name is Dodo and I'm a drama major. Drama major. OK. Yeah, I want to be a director in the future. Oh, OK. OK. And Catherine? Hi, uh, my name is Katie, and um, I'm a drama major as well, and I'd like to go into acting, actually. Oh, um, okay. Not quite sure yet if I want to do stage acting, film acting, or anything. I kind of want to do both. Okay, so, okay. Know, that's what I want to do. Okay, okay. And so both of you are drama majors. Have you, either of you, have you ever done a production prior to, um, it was called, y'all, it was called Diversity K. And uh, um, as I said, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful production. So have you guys ever done anything prior to that? Because you guys did an excellent, excellent job. Well, this was actually my first production at UCI. Okay. Um, I had done some things in high school, like some mm -hmm. musicals and that sort of thing. But at UCI, this was my premiere show. Okay. Dodo, what I about you? Yeah, that's the first production in my life. Well, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done anything about drama or theater before. Okay, okay. Okay, and so so you guys, uh, why don't you, uh, one of you guys, tell tell the listening audience exactly what this play was trying to convey. What was it, what was it speaking to? Well, I think the big thing it touched on was diversity, obviously. Uh, okay. It was kind of more than that. It was more kind of um, what diversity means to each individual and mm -hmm. why it's important mm -hmm. um, because at the beginning of the show we had a pre-show where us as the actors were actually going out into the audience um, as they were coming in and asking them questions right. and one question that I kept asking was how do you define diversity mm -hmm. and so many different people had so many different definitions right. a lot of them were positive like yeah diversity is people coming together from different backgrounds and different races and mm -hmm. ethnicities and religions that sort of thing but other people had a more negative um, definition of it like oh it's just 
you know, something that society created to be oh, on okay. the front saying that, oh, we are, we're diverse, quote mm-hmm, unquote, but mm-hmm. we're actually not. So okay. people had just many different feelings about okay, that. And okay. I think that kind of captures the spirit of the show that there's just, there's diversity within the definition of diversity. Yeah, yeah. Which okay. I find really interesting. Okay, okay. And Dolo, for you, what did what did you experience in, 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 in doing that before the, sh- before the production itself, with talking to people that were coming to the show? Um, I feel like, like number one, like when we ask people about like question about diversity, mm-hmm. like people get uh, more uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's something really good because like mm-hmm. they're gonna watch the show like with a question in their mind. Okay. Like they're thinking mm-hmm. while they're watching the show. Mm-hmm. So maybe by the end of the show, like they're gonna have an answer in their heart. Okay. Okay. That's that's beautiful because I think that is so important. Uh, one thing that you know that we just touched on earlier was the fact that. Uh, making people aware, first of all, is very important. And, and that's why I want to do this particular show, just to let people be aware that something like this exists. And Katie, it's, so, it's, it's just so amazing to me. I'm sitting here looking at you now. And, you know, when you when you meet a person, you have a certain idea of who they are, you know. Uh-huh. And, 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 and when I first saw you at the show, I had this idea of, of, of someone, because you, you spoke with an English accent, you yeah, know what I, I mean? <laughs> And that was diversity in itself, you know, yeah. and, 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 and when I heard that, I said, wow, that's something. And, 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 and then today you talked about how you were involved in a Harry Potter club or something uh-huh. on campus. And that just took you to another level in my eyesight <laughs> because it just fits. English accent, Harry Potter. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and so, <laughs> right. And so and so that's another thing, you know, uh, and people might not be as interested in diversity as they are in Harry Potter. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. I'm just saying that to say there's so many things available on the campus that we're so unaware of. And I think it's so important to let people know that those things do exist, you know. And so what do you feel about not necessarily just Harry Potter or just Diversica, but just about your life here on campus and and while here, what do you expect to convey? Not not just in in terms of what it is that you're going to do later on, but what you're doing right here to the to the rest of the students that are here with you. Well, I feel like I you know I just try to be the best person that I can be. Okay. And I try to be the friendliest person that I can yeah, be. And, yeah. You know, there, I do do a lot of things related to the arts and um, drama, but. I do the things like Harry Potter Club, mm-hmm. which is Dumbledore's Anteaters um, here on <laughs> campus. Um, I do things like that to kind of break away from that a little bit, to mm-hmm. kind of be a little more well-rounded. I, um, got I you. also do dance. Um, I take dance classes here at UCI. Um, I take, I've taken a few um, classes outside of my major and um, outside of GEs even too. Like I took um, a history class on the TV show Downton Abbey, which mm. was really fun. So I just, I try to do stuff that like not only piques my interest, but also will help me like learn more okay. about, okay. you know, things in general. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I just try to, you know, not stay in one aspect I got of you. my life. I got you, you know? I got you, right, mm-hmm. right. Now Dolo, for you, um, Going into drama, what does that do for you in terms of your relationship with other people? Because where where are you from, first of all? Were you born here in in America or no? Okay, I'm from China. Okay, okay. And how long have you been here? Uh, don't tell me that because I don't know if you're old enough to not want people to know your age yet. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna put that question to you. I'm just gonna ask you how old were you? But they'll still figure out. But just tell me how old were you when you got here? When the first time I got here? Yeah. 18. 18? Yes. 
Okay, and so we, we know you're still in college, so it hasn't been that long. So, so the transition from China to here and, and going into the field of drama, what was that like for you? Did, you? did you study or think about drama while in China, or did that just happen once you got here? Uh, actually, when I was in China in high school, like, mm -hmm. uh, I got into my high school drama club. Okay. But, uh, what happens? Like I was in the film club first. Like I even don't know like how I got into the drama club. Okay. But I was there, and I did something for cynic. But I I'm like not so into like this area. Okay. Okay. After I got there, like I was in the like communication major. Then I was like transferred like maybe to a film major. I was mm -hmm. thinking, but then finally. I'm a drama major. Okay, okay, yeah, like, yeah. Just like theater has that kind of power, like it's like a magic. Like okay, it's like you have have like a limited budget, but you can make something. Really mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. And so and so along those lines, like like you know, being being in drama and still finding uh, you know means for making film, you know, the capability how to make films and that kind of thing, and do theater and all all those things. How does that help you to acclimate to what's going on here in America, or does it help you at all? You mean for the film or for the drama? No, no, just as a person, like you, you, you're from a different country. You, you, you come here, and is is it like for me anyway? I'll just take music for instance. It, you know, I've traveled with my wife, who's, who's a musician, and no matter where we go. Uh, that music helps us to get along with people that we know nothing about. Sometimes we don't even speak the same language, you know, but we're able to communicate with them through the music and their love for music and our love for music. And so you're coming here and being able to interact with Katie, you know, in the in drama. How does that does that does that help you in any way in terms of being able to adjust to life in America? Um, yes. Like yeah. first of all, like for like in the theater, it's completely like an open space and a safe place. Like you can okay. see everything. Like you hear people like like talking about everything and like more open. Mm -hmm. And second, like like cause like English is not my like native language. Right. So like it's really sometimes it's really hard to understand like, what people are talking about if like you cannot see them. You cannot see like what they're doing. Okay. Yeah, but like in the theater, like one. For example, when I talk to Katie, like, cause like they have certain like sort of like the gestures and everything like more visual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's also like help me to understand the American more. It's like in the play, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. It's pretty juicy. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Katie, now in 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 being here, how long have you have you been here all your life? In Irvine? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Where I'm are you from? I'm actually from Northern California, near okay. the Sacramento area. Uh huh. Uh huh. And so, was there a transition for you coming from Northern California to Southern California? Actually, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, not necessarily from Northern to Southern, but mm -hmm. just um, from where I grew up, like the city I grew okay. up to here, because I grew up in a town called El Dorado Hills, which mm -hmm. is um, about like half an hour from Sacramento. Okay. And it's very, um, it, it's very. Like how do I say uniform in mm -hmm. like its um, demographics? It's pretty much I'd say eighty-five to ninety percent white, okay. middle America, middle class American. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so coming here, 
I came here to this community in Irvine, and I thought, wow, this is way more diverse than. Oh where really? I'm from. Oh my god! Which, yeah, a lot of people are surprised to hear me say yeah, that. Yeah, I am. Compared to where I'm from, mm-hmm. yeah, this is way more diverse. There's wow. like, um, a heavy Asian culture, which uh-huh. I've never experienced before okay. in my life. Okay. Because there's very few Asians in from where I'm from, mm-hmm. and very few Hispanics from where I'm mm-hmm. from. Or, mm-hmm. You know, right now my best friend is Hispanic. Okay. My roommate, so I'm learning a lot from her about like her culture and mm-hmm. like you know food and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, there's just a lot more just cultures that I'm exposed to here okay. than I was before okay. when I lived up in El Dorado Hills. Okay. And and, and tell me this, um, if you, just thinking along the lines of being a science major, you know, majoring in, 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 in uh, uh, like bio-science. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something of that nature. Is Do you think there will be a difference in terms of your interaction with people as opposed to doing drama? Is there a different kind of uh, sense of, 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 cohesion with that because I know as a you know as a scientist people work together as scientists mm-hmm. but I've talked to a few scientists and as a matter of fact I've interviewed a scientist here on the show and he said that he didn't even know the children of the people that he worked with in every day he didn't even know if they had children or their wives names or any of that and so he developed something here on campus to to kind of bring the the people who are in that particular field together but like you both you guys were saying in terms of drama and as i said in terms of music it's like almost automatic that you come together you know and so with that in mind how do you feel that what you're majoring in uh is going to help you in life Period. You oh know. yeah, definitely. Um, if you know, I've talked to a lot of people who are majors other than drama because mm-hmm. I do actually have friends who aren't in drama. Okay, okay. Um, and a lot of them, they don't really have lots of friends in their major. Mm-hmm, you know, like my mm-hmm. um, best friend is poli sci, and she doesn't really have a lot of political science friends. Okay. And, um, person I know who's in um, like ecology, I think she says she like just barely knows anybody else. There's her her uh, major is really really small, mm-hmm, and even then mm-hmm. she doesn't really know that many people in her major. But I feel like with drama. It's so we we treat it so much more than just work. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people in other majors, I feel like they just kind of, you know, they show up, they do their research or their classes and they kind of see it more as work than anything else. But here in drama, we see it as art and we're creating something and mm-hmm. we're collaborating and we're working together. Okay. And I feel like with that togetherness, we're it's a lot easier for us to come together, um, you know, be friendly with each other mm-hmm. and, you know, you do stuff in acting class that okay. you wouldn't do in right. you know, a lecture right. that makes you a lot closer with <laughs> yeah, people than yeah. you normally would be. Okay. And doing shows and things like that. You know, like, I d- hadn't even met Dodo before we mm-hmm. did this show, and, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't even know she was a drama major, but now, <laughs> you know, doing shows like this, you're exposed to a lot more people than you would yeah. be if you're just, you know, going day-to-day to your right, classes. Right, right, exactly, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Dodo, getting back to you, because, it's, you know, it's amazing, for me anyway, to meet people from different cultures because, you know, it's it's how, I don't know if it's just in this country or everywhere, but you have a certain mindset about a group of people. So when I when I think, you know, or used to think because my, 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 my scope has changed now since I've met so many different cultured people, and, but what I used to think was that all, all Asian people are the most intelligent in terms of science and math. And so if you meet someone who's Asian, in all probability, if they're in college, they're in some type of science field or math field or that kind of thing. And so and so with with, with you, for instance, how does that, uh, how do you see that as, as and, 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 and in terms of your family as well, how do they view you going into drama as opposed to some other field? Well, first of all, like my <clears throat> dad is kind of, Mad at me because I'm a drama major. <laughs> okay. And she's like, he's like so into the like 
statistics, like the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it wasn't like people kind of think, oh, Chinese people must like kind of good at the statistics, like or the mathematics. Mm-hmm. But like actually, I barely kind of fail my SAT math test. Oh really? Yeah, like I got like the lowest score in my class. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Okay, okay. So like in my high school, like there are like so many people from like all over the world, mm-hmm. and like all the students in my high school, kind of like the top. Yeah, yeah. they go to the top university in the okay. United States or mm-hmm. Canada. Mm-hmm. So like. But I'm not really not a math person. But whenever I went to a store, like a grocery store, like I met anyone, like people gonna sing, like uh, gonna ask me, like what major are you? Like I'm gonna say I'm a drama major, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I saw you're a math major or science major. You look like so serious. <laughs> it's like yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah. It's just like people kind of automatically gonna, right, yeah, right, assume right. like you're a certain major. <laughs> right, exactly. But, like, I feel like um. Actually, many students in China like they do have the passion in arts. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's just maybe their parents or mm-hmm. the society decide like if you have like a major in the science field or the math field or maybe computer science, mm-hmm. you're gonna like earn more money. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna be like more realistic. Right, that's right. not wrong. Like I won't like make any judgment for it. I got you. I got mm-hmm. you. So how do you feel? Because that's that's a that's a very good point because. Um, I feel that a lot of times people equate happiness with the amount of money you have, and I think that's totally out of, I mean, that's totally out of pocket, yeah. you know, because I think happiness means, you know, and success means being okay with what you're doing, being comfortable with what you're doing, you know, and so to think about how much money I can make in a certain period of time and then be able to settle down and, and, and do this type of thing, the th- things that I find, and I'm going to talk about this in the second half of the show, uh, like uh, the, the guy I'm going to talk about is a multimillionaire you know but he wasn't satisfied you know with that amount of money and I don't think that money makes a difference but in coming up you know when we're young we think along those lines because like you say that's how our parents think and they want us to wind up better than they were and of course they're going to equate how much we have with how happier we can be than they were because they didn't have as much but to go into a field like you both of you guys are going into and understanding because I know you know that 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 going into into any artistic field you know, is is like going into basketball or yeah. <laughs> football. Everybody ain't gonna make it. You know yeah. what I mean? But to to be able to do something that you love doing, I think, is so much more important than how much you can make doing it. So along those lines, how do you feel that if you if you if you're talking to um, your cl- your roommates, you know, or what, what what have you, when you guys are talking, what do you guys do? You guys ever discuss those kinds of things in terms of you know what you what you're about? Am I b- about making money or am I about being happy? Or or is that discussed? I don't know if we actually like discuss it, but actually one of my good friends and my ro- other roommate is a drama major as well. Okay. So we talk a lot about you know what we want to do outside of college or you know once we're done mm-hmm. with undergrad, kind of where we want to go and like you know not necessarily how to make the most money, but just how to you know get a good place in the world, you know, to where we're like a- at least a little bit financially stable. Because you know everybody says when you start out with acting, you're going to be broke, you're going to live in this tiny apartment and have no food all the time. <laughs> right. And I think we've kind of accepted that, but we also kind of talk about, well, you know, maybe once we graduate, we'll go to this school and we'll find a job here and we'll, you know, audition, you know, on the weekends and, you know, stuff like that. So we kind of talk about more like how we would support ourselves okay. outside of, you know, outside mm-hmm. of 
college. Okay, okay, okay. And 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 Dodo, what about you? Uh, you do you discuss things of that nature with you know? I don't I don't know if you discuss it with your parents, but what about you know people that you know here on campus? Do you guys talk about that at all? Yeah, like actually, none of my friends are mar- like arts major. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I do talk to my mom about mm-hmm. like. What's going on on campus? Like, cause, like she, um, she's the only one like who supports me in my family. Oh no, kidding! Wow. Yeah, like she actually like she went to law school when she was in university. Hmm. So like when she graduated, she became like a lawyer for two years. But after two years, she's kind of like, oh my god, I I can't do this anymore. No kidding. Yeah, she's wow. like. Oh, I don't want like to see people kind of fighting for like something mm-hmm, not important mm-hmm. anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So she decided, no, I'm not gonna do this. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. She yeah. could quit the job. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then okay. she started to write the, um, she started to interview the artists in China. No yeah. kidding. Now, was that before you came here and and got into drama? She was interviewing artists. Yes. Like, okay. She's doing this. Like she's write the like write the um interviews like uh, she did the interview and she write something about these artists okay she want like more people to know them because like okay. all these kind of art like all all kinds of artists like struggling mm-hmm, like because like, mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. they need to fight for their living right like, their food everything right so right. like she said like she can maybe she can find some way like to tell people like mm-hmm. their stories mm-hmm. to help them in mm-hmm. this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and 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 that's so amazing because what I can see in the future is her writing about you. You know, <laughs> she just tell me if you have passion for one thing, yeah. just go for it. Oh wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Listen, you guys. Um, Daphne is so happy that you know that you guys are on this show. She is really, really happy. And I want to—I just want to say something that she she sent me an email, and what she says in the email is that I'm not sure if Victoria or Avi Avi will be available tomorrow, and evidently they're not. But I'm copying their bios below so you can introduce them. They've worked so hard and progressed a lot. They are young and had not thought about these issues much before plunging into this production. But I think they've grown so much that they deserve to be celebra- celebrities on your show. And so I just need to read about uh, Avi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, clown. Oh, yeah, my guy. Yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Avi has been performing since he was 10 years old. Since then, he's aspired to be an actor and comedian. He's performed stand-up as well as improv with groups such as L.A.'s Detention Span and high school, uh, his high school's comedy sports team. As far as acting, some of his favorite roles include Ellert Sims, The Foreigner, Gifford, The Liquid Plane, Ensemble, Beauty and the Beast, and eight different characters in a history of the American film. He wishes to thank his parents, the amazing cast and crew, and his friends for all their endless support. And then there's Victoria Thompson, actor. This is Victoria's second year at UC Irvine. She grew up in Fairfield, California, where she attended Rodriguez High School. She started her acting career in the seventh grade in a community theater as a bird girl in Susaco. And continue performing in her community and high school theater in various shows, such as Almost, 
Maine, where she played Marcy, and Hairspray, where she played Lil Inez. As years went by, Victoria found an unconditional love for musical theater and acting altogether. She got accepted into UC Irvine as a drama major right after high school. She made her UCI debut in Cat on a Hot Tan Roof this past fall quarter, and she's also an active member of Harmonix, UCI's only show choir. She is excited to participate in this year's Dramatic Transformations. Both you, both of you know these guys. How was it? All you guys, not not just them, but it was a, a couple of more that were on stage with you guys at at one point or another. How do you feel about working with this group of diverse people? Oh, it was <laughs> a really memorable experience. Like like you said, everyone was really diverse, so it was really interesting getting different <laughs> perspectives from everybody. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and just not only perspectives on the issues that we talked about, but also in an acting standpoint, you know, everybody was kind of at a different level when it came to acting. And, mm-hmm. you know, people had taken different teachers, different classes. So we all kind of learned from each other. Okay. And okay. I thought that was um, a really amazing and valuable experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. How about you? How was it like yeah. working with all these guys? I'm so excited. Yeah. It's like I'm a more, like, in person, more introverted. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if I'm, like, <laughs> if I'm not work with them, like, during the show like I might not like maybe say hi to them mm-hmm. like even on campus cause like we, we don't know each other right yeah but like I mean after rehearsal like we learn from each other so mm-hmm. much and mm-hmm. when cause like we all come from different backgrounds right right yeah. right right you know it, it, it's amazing too cause I'm sitting here just reminiscing you know you guys presence on stage and, and for me anyway it's like I'm sitting here with two movies <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I'm t- I mean, two, I'm serious, two stage stars, you know, because you guys become something else when you're on the stage. You know, right. here here in the studio is like you're just regular young ladies that I, you know, that I've seen before, you know, but but on that stage is a totally different presence. And I don't know. And I, I as a matter of fact, I do know that you guys have no idea how you've touched people in in, in, in in what it is you do. You know, and something that you said, Katie, that I think is so very important, and that is is that it's your intent, you know, to just be a nice person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To just be a better person and, to, and, and, and for other people to be able to uh, gain something from being in your presence, you know, which is so, so very important. Mm-hmm. And Dolo, the same with you. Because it's like, like like you talked about your mother, and, and as you're talking about your mother, I, I hear you talking, you know, about yourself, you know, and your love for, 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 for love itself, you know, because your mother's trying to convey how important it is to, to, to pursue what it is that you love, you know, and, and such enjoyment can be gained from that. I mean, if she goes to the courtroom and wins a court case, that's one thing, but if she is writing about an actress and that actress comes to her and says, I just love what you wrote about about me that really touched me I think that's so much more important than winning a law case but something that I got to touch on before we go uh Daphne told me that you uh were speaking I mean I was there so I know you were you were singing or speaking in Chinese and she said that that while you were there you uh overheard or or recognized that someone in the audience didn't uh appreciate you're you're saying what you said in Chinese. I want you to know because I think I told you at, after the production you made me cry. <laughs> I had, I'm serious. I had no idea what you were saying. I had no idea. But the but the way that you you said it, I knew that it was something that was very important to you and that had really touched you. And I just want to know, you know, just give me a couple of the words you said. Can you translate some of what you said? Um, yeah, I've said something about like it's t- 
tough to being away from home. Okay. Yeah, and also like um, I think because、uh, we're for this show like we're interview people. Like before we write a script, like、mm-hmm. so, like all the stories inside are like the true stories. Okay. So okay. like we talk about like some case, like one some, um, there's one student. I think the grad school student, right?、Mm-hmm. Like she said, like um, her professor said, like is there's the diversity is not important at all. Like,、mm. like there's. There's no way like for us to talk about it. Like、okay. we don't want to talk about it anyway. Like nobody want to hear it.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay.、Mm-hmm. But it's important to both you guys. In diversity, I mean, just the, the act of it, and something that was said, and Daphne shared this as well, is not so much about the fact that、um, diversity exists. What's important is that people realize that it does. And that's basically what you're trying to convey. Look, it's here. You know, you might not do anything about it. You might not like it, but it's here.、Yeah. You know, and so,、uh, and 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 you guys are are expressing that. I, man, I so appreciate you guys coming on the show. You know, I really, really do because it's like it's like an opportunity to bring that that play. To the radio station,、mm-hmm. you know, and to express to people how important that that is in terms of us all understanding that things do exist here on this campus that we have no idea and we don't know anything about the people that are involved in these things and their passion for these things unless they're able to express it. And that's the purpose of this show: allowing people an opportunity to express how they feel about what it is they're doing at UCI and in life. So I just so appreciate you guys being so honest with me and with. All All these people that are listening, because like I tell you before, just act like you're just talking to me. But you need to know you're talking to some other people,、yeah. or you have talked to other people as well. And I and I just want to thank you for everybody that's listening for for coming on and doing that. And if you guys have anything to say, you want to send a shout out, or you want to leave a last word with the audience, you you know, feel free to do that right now. Well, I just wanted to say thank you for letting us talk and be on your show, and just you know, kind of spread the message of our show that we、okay. had that was so important to us. So I appreciate that too. Okay, no problem, no problem. Yeah.、Dilda. Now it's like the first time being on radio. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. First year okay. on the stage for the first、yeah. time on radio for the first、okay. time. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 You guys, that was Dolo and and Katie, and、uh, I, I want to thank them again for being on the show, and I want you guys to stay tuned because we're gonna do the second half in just a moment. Okay, welcome back, you guys.、Uh, this is Calvin, and you're listening to KUCI eighty-eight point nine FM in Irvine. You've accessed the Black Talk Radio Show, and we're presenting you with social commentary from an African American perspective. One thing I have to let you guys know, though, is that the views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily、uh, those of KUCI's management or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this show and others, please log on to KUCI dot. Org, as、uh, some of you know,、um, 
on this half of the show, what I do is um, introduce a blog that I wrote. Um, and uh, after you listen to the recording of that particular blog, I'm going to come back and we're going to discuss some of the things, uh, some of the points that were made in the blog. So just hold on just a couple of seconds and we'll start with the blog. The blog entitled, I'm Still Riding with the King. I heard the following words spoken by a guy in the year 2000, and they were taken from a cut entitled Riding with the King. And I'll always hold the speaker and this expression close to my heart. I stepped out of Mississippi when I was 10 years old with a suit cut sharp as a razor and a heart made of gold. I had a guitar hanging just about waist high, and I'm going to play this thing till the day I die. Yep, it's B.B. King, who passed this past Thursday, May 14th, 2015. He was born Riley B. King on September 16th, 1925, and took on the moniker Blues Boy while a disc jockey at radio station WDIA in Memphis, Tennessee. He's been recognized as B.B. King ever since. When it comes to those we know, love, and respect, the date of birth and date of transition may not always be remembered, but there's something in the dash that lies between those two dates that we'll never forget. The phrase I open this blog with is that something I'll never forget about B.B., because from the time I first became interested in his music in 1968, I saw him live what he talked about. So many times we're limited in our ability to hear the story from what is called the horse's mouth, and we're restricted to biased media and admittedly semi-factual websites like Wikipedia. Good fortune smiled on me, though, in this particular writing endeavor, because last night, while my wife and I surfed the Netflix channel, in search for a particular program, what should pop up but a 2012 B.B. King documentary? So let me pass on to you a bit of what B.B. and the people that knew him shared with me. By 1940, his sole caretaker, his grandmother, had died. And at the age of 14, B.B. was on his own as a sharecropper, earning 35 cents per 100 pounds of cotton. He said he picked from cane to cane, which meant you picked from the time in the morning when you cane, see, to the time at night when you cane. He had been farming since the age of seven and said that he walked behind a plow mule for 18 years. He walked 30 miles a day, six days a week, six months a year. And he said if you add it up, he had walked around the world. This work ethic transferred to his blues career where he averaged almost 300 one night stands a year. One of his wives, Sue Carroll Hall, said he was on the road one year for 365 days. And the following year, early one morning, he told her he was going fishing. When she asked him why he was wearing a silk suit, he responded, because it's all I got. B.B. King was a multimillionaire when he died, and albeit money was certainly a catalyst and sustainer of the altered lifestyle that came with time, he never faltered in his mission. As he put it, I want everybody to hear and know B.B. King and his music. Something I noticed in watching that 2012 documentary 
was an 86-year-old blues legend who seemed to have no regrets. He had lost two wives to divorce and a lot of lost time that he could have spent with his children. His sentiments? Marriage should not be a part of a musician's life until he stops traveling. And I tell my kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids I love them as much as I can. Because although I know he did, my daddy never told me. We can definitely learn from others what to do and what not to do before we make that choice. What B.B. leaves with us is to be dedicated to what you do, but be aware of how what you do affects those around you, especially those closest to you. He leaves a wonderful legacy, but a somewhat broken family dream. Balance is what's missing in most of our lives, and every now and again we must stop reassess who and where we are in our quest, and then readjust whatever is needed to get back on track. I thank B.B. King for sharing the joy and pain of his life with us all through his music and for his ardent dedication to letting the world know that we all have a story to tell and we must tell it through whatever means we have available to us. As B.B. has said to himself, I say to you, Saw a little boy remind me of me and said, what can I tell him? And I thought, the sky's the limit. I holler. Okay, y'all. Um, wow, that that um, uh, show uh, really, really, really touched me. And it's, it's amazing to me when you endeavor to do something, how the universe uh, just basically steps in and help you to accomplish um, what it is that you're in, uh, endeavoring to do. And it was just something that I, uh, as I said, um, you know, I've, I've, when I write these blogs, it's, it's, it's like uh, it's only for, you know, it's only one page, usually maybe a page and a quarter page and a half, whatever. But it takes a lot of time to do it because my intent is to is to make it right, to make it truthful, you know, and then to make a point about what it is that I'm talking about, because um, as 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 BB said, or as I said about BB anyway, you know, that's something that we all have, you know, and that is a, a, an opportunity to present ourselves to others in a way that might benefit them. And that's my intent as well. And that's why I hold such high esteem for BB, because uh, as he said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to play this thing to the day I die, you know, talking about that guitar. And, and he lived that out, too, because. Uh, he wound up in Vegas. He died in Vegas in a home. And the thing was that when he when he came to Vegas, um, he understood that there was a lot an opportunity for him to play that guitar and for a lot of people to see him from all over the world. And that's what he wanted anyway. So his later years were spent there and uh, he died there and he played that guitar until that day. You know, and I think that's so important. So um as I said, the, 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 the universe, when you when you make attempts to do things, the universe helps you to accomplish them in ways that you might not even be thinking about, you know, and and and, and what happened, you know, I'm, 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 I thought about this blog the day he died. You know, I said, I got to write a blog about B.B., you know, and uh, and, 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 and thinking about that, I had no idea how I was I was going to get this information. But I knew that they were you know, you can go online and get, you know, any any kind of information you want. But it's not always uh true to life you know it's about some people's opinions of of a person 
You know, and Wikipedia uh, admits that, you know, some of this information is is hearsay. And we're not saying that it's the is is the truth. But uh, to the best of our knowledge, it is the truth. You know, and so I got a lot, a lot. I mean, pages of information off of Wikipedia. And so I'm that's what I'm going to go with. You know, at at, at first I'm going to go with all this information I had because a lot of information. I'm going to share it. So I had, like I said, pages of information that I needed to, you know, to kind of break down and, and put in the most important points. And so I had this thing prepared. You know, and then, uh, as I said, my wife and I are, are, are sitting there and we go because we're looking for a particular show. I can't think of the name of the show right now, but we're on we're you know, we're we're, we're on a um, Netflix channel and we're looking for this show. And she says, Calvin, look, B.B. King documentary. I said, what? And 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 and, and there's B.B. King. And and um, and I and, and I'm looking and I'm just I'm just grateful to God that. Hopefully, you know, I'm going to hear from B.B. And sure enough, I did, you know, and 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 just to see this guy, you know, and he's like uh, that was 2012. So I'm thinking he's, you know, between 85 and 86 years old. And just to see this guy express himself and to see, you know, the pain and the joy and and the memories and all these things reflected on his ex, on the expressions on his face was like being in his presence, you know, and, 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 and it, it did volumes for me. And I've been in his presence before, not up close and personal, but but at, at the at the stage shows that he's been in. And the last show I went to it was about 2005, 2006. And BB, um, you know, because he's diabetic and 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 uh, uh, is not as physically capable of doing things like he used to be you know he couldn't stand up for the show you know he had to sit down but 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 just watching him play closing his eyes and make, making those expressions that he had made 40 years prior you know uh it was just a man it was just so fulfilling you know here this guy is still doing what he did 40 50 years ago you know and he said that that's what he was gonna do i'm gonna play this thing till the day i die you know and and for me it it it, it, it speaks volumes for um, what what's going on today in terms of us not understanding how important it is to take what it is that 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 you know about others and use it in your own life because I I think as I said when I I, I wrote wrote a blog about my grandmother you know and and how people always when they make transitions they always leave something with us whether it's their intent or not and it's up to us to take that something that they leave and apply it to our own lives and and try and realize what our objectives could be and if they're in line with what we think they should be then fine if they're not then we reassess who we are what we're doing and try to put them in line with what it is that we're hoping to accomplish and bb as i said in the blog he his his major objective was to people to hear his music because he knew he had a lot to say and and in spite of the fact that as i said he lost you know two wives to the divorce and and he didn't spend hardly any time with his children he didn't have regrets but he knew that he could have done things differently had he been able to stop and think about it um being in the in the in the in the situation that he was to 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 see that documentary and to and to see uh uh how it depicted what life was like back in those days 
um, was, uh, I, I mean, it's things that you hear about, but to, but, to, but to see it and to hear somebody who experienced it, to see somebody who experienced it talk about it was another story. You know, and watching B.B. as he talked about how when his, when his, when his mother left, you know, he was, he was four years old when his mother left him, you know, and he talked about how he was in such pain that his mother left. He said he, he, he knows, he believes that his mother loved him. And he knows that he loved her, you know, and so he had no no uh, malice toward her for leaving him at the age of four, you know, and then his father left, you know, and he had no malice toward him. And then his grandmother died. What had happened was that his, his mother left, his father left. You know, and then later on, his mother died and he heard about her dying, you know, and so he knew his mother was gone, but he didn't know where his father was at the time. But he's living with his grandmother. And then at the age of 14, 14, y'all, his grandmother dies. Now, she's a sharecropper and B.B. is working with her on 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 this plantation and they're they're plowing fields and picking cotton and things of that nature. And 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 at seven years old, he said he could he worked like a man, like a grown man. And he said in that in that time, we're talking about the, the, the late 30s, early 40s. He said during that time with the Depression, it was hard on everybody, you know. But what what he what he learned early on was that when 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 you were when you were that age and you were black in that in that area, you know, the thing was that boy can pick cotton, he can plow fields. What is the need of him going to school? So BB, I mean, that wasn't even considered. You know what I mean? You too big to go to school, you need to be working this, this, this plantation. And that's what he did. That's all he knew. And so now we got him at the age of 14 years old, earning money, picking cotton, you know, and, and I said 35 cent per hundred pound. That's what BB said. He said he got if he picked 100 pounds of cotton, he got 35 cents, you know, and and, and the average family back in that day, you know, earned 65 cent per day, 65 cent per day. You know, and so on on a on a on a on on the average, the average week, if you you know, you you add that up, you were working six days a week. I mean, you ain't even making two dollars a week. You know what I mean? And 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 so um um living like that you know at 14 years of age is 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 very difficult but he was able to sustain himself doing that and i think uh you know some months later uh after having worked and 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 his first you know the the first month of his working he owed the landowner money <laughs> You know what I mean? Because you got to pay for your your food. You got to pay for your lodging. You've got to pay for things of that nature. And the work that you've done comes to an equivalent of a certain amount of money. And you balance that against what you owe him. And you wind up owing the owner of the land, you know, and you've worked and you've done all this work from cane to cane, you know. <laughs> and, 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 and so that's the kind of life he's leading. And so I think it's like six or seven months, some kind of way his father hears about him. And his father comes and gets him and he takes him to where he lives. in I think it was Lexington, Mississippi. And he takes him there and he said that he his father has other children. He said, but he's there for a few months and he, he loves his brothers and sisters. He said, but they are not. He, he doesn't feel that he's a part of that family. And he says he stays there for, a, you know, seven or eight months and he gets on his bicycle and he rides from from Lexington back to the Delta, 
with you know at 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 this farm in this in this shack that he and his grandmother lived in you know on his bike and his uncle says he sees this guy coming down the road on a bicycle and he asks his wife who is that and 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 they say to each other it looked like Riley you know that's BB and and it was him you know so here he is like 12 or 13 years old and he has rolled his bike from Lexington to well whatever part of Mississippi that is and he said that when he got off the bike, he looked at the the spindle on the on the rim, and uh, and it it had worn out. He had rode that far, you know. But he 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 found comfort in the Delta region where he was born, and he had to come back home. So he comes back home, and then and 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 it's not over, y'all. You know, now he's learning different things. He learns how to drive a tractor, so he ain't got to plow no more behind his mule. He learns how to drive a tractor, and he becomes good at driving this tractor. You know. And so he's driving his tractor. Now he's he gets to be like 20, 21 years old. And he decides that, you know, I, I don't know if I can do this because at some point in his life, he uh, had 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 met another cousin and this cousin played a guitar. And 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 this guitar that the guy played, he would he would. What happens is that in, 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 in that time, the children can't eat till after the grown folks eat. He said and by the time the grown folks get to eating, the only thing left is chicken feet. You know, so that's all they got to eat. He said, but but when his his uncle would go to eat, he'd leave his guitar on the bed. And he said that's when he he had heard his uncle playing that guitar and he loved that guitar. He loved the sound and he wanted to play it, you know. And so uh, he told the guy that was uh, uh, that that he was working for. And he said he was a nice white guy. He said, I thought all white white people was bad. He said, but this guy, this one particular guy, he was pretty nice. And there was a guitar that this guy was selling for fifteen dollars, and 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 this guy bought the guitar and gave it to BB. It well, not gave it to him. He sold it to him, and so BB had to work to pay off this guitar. And so he worked hard enough to pay off this guitar, and he started playing this guitar because he had heard some of the music because his grandmother had a phonograph, and he said he hated going to his grandmama's house because she dipped snuff. And every time he'd go to the house, he'd have to kiss her. And he said every time she, he, she, he kissed her, he'd taste a little bit of that snuff, and he hated snuff. But he said he wanted to hear them, that, that music that she had on them records she had on that phonograph, you know. So he said he learned how to take that first kiss. And because and, at first he told his, his, his grandmama, I don't want to go to her house. But then after he heard that music, he kept going back, you know. And, and so anyway, he got this, this phonograph and these records being played. He got this guitar and B.B. gets good at doing what he does. And one day he's driving this tractor and there's a place in town where you can go where he could go on the street and make money playing his guitar. And that's what he started doing, going to town, making money, playing on the streets. And it was wrong to play uh, anything but gospel music because they called anything else the devil's music. And he was in the choir at church. So on Saturday night, he would go on the streets and play and make his money. Then on Sunday, he'd be in church singing gospel <laughs> songs. And that was his life until one day he got off. Uh, the tractor that he that he was driving because he knew that there was a place this guy had told him about that he could play and make some money. And so he got off his tractor. He turned it off and the tractor kept kept moving. And and as the tractor moved, the, the, the muffler, everything stuff started happening. And he ran. He ran from this man's house because he had broke his tractor and he went to Memphis 
And when he got to Memphis, he went in a show, and Rufus Thomas was the whatever, and uh, he earned some money. He earned more money that one day playing music than he earned in an entire week on that farm, you know. But gigs weren't as good as they as as. I, pretty much like they are today you know you got to really know somebody or be able to do something extremely well in order to get a gig and so he went back to the farm he apologized to the guy he paid for his tractor and and everything worked out and uh and and, and some kind of way he finally got the information that if you if you become a dj on this radio show there's some things that you can uh, uh do that will promote you or propel you into the industry and that's what he started doing. And from that point on, uh, as I said in the bar, he became BB King, and he he made up his mind that I'm gonna I'm gonna do this till the day I die. And that's what he did. And so we got we have this 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 this, this mindset that has been developed from the time he was seven years old. Uh, that hard work pays off. You know what I mean? And 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 and, and what I'm saying in essence is that like I talked about earlier, you know, just 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 writing this blog is not is nowhere near as hard as picking cotton, I know. You know, and 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 and, and I've worked on an assembly line at Ford and 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 have talked to people and and that's some hard work y'all believe me that's hard work working on an assembly line but i talked to people that were from the south that that were still picking cotton in 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 1980 something you know what i'm saying 1970s 1980s and they and they were telling me how hard it was picking cotton and then another guy came up he said it's hard picking cotton but it's even harder picking them peas and he was talking about how low you got to bend to get at them peas you know, but 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 these stories. All, I'm, I'm, the point I'm making is that whatever it is that you do, you know, don't 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 look at what it is that you're doing uh, as hard work. You know, look at it as what is my intent? What is my purpose for doing this? You know, and and for me, the purpose is doing all that you can to be all that you can be, so that you can give all that you have to give, you know, and that's what, that's what I learned from, from, from just watching BB King and, and, and listening to people like my grandmother and my mother and my sisters and my brothers and other people who have something that they can share with me that can help me to become a better person. You know, we had a show earlier today. I mean, the first half of the show and the young lady, Katie talked about how important it was for her to share what she had with others. And that's how the, how the, how I ended this blog by saying that all of us, all of us have something to share. And I think that it should be our intent, our intent to share it, you know, and whatever it is, it really doesn't matter if we can just give it our all. It'll make the world a much, much better place. And the world does not necessarily consist of the entire globe. Your world might consist of your daughter or your son or your parents. You know what I'm saying? But you got something to give. And I'm asking all of us, you know, to share that something with someone else. You know, I, I, I just so appreciate being able to run my mouth, y'all. That, that's what I got to give, running this mouth, <laughs> you know. And I just hope that, that, that everybody who's listening gains something from it. And I certainly did because I'm going to try to live what I talk about. I thank you all for listening in. And as always in parting, I holler. Now, y'all know, some of you do anyway, that I had to come back because I forgot a little something. You know what I forgot? I forgot about my guy, Israel Medina. And he's going to be doing Galactic Soup 
right after this from 6 to 8 p.m. And you know what he's going to be talking about and doing on that show? He's going to be doing some music, some literature, some films, some video games. And more than that, he's going to be creating some mayhem. So you guys stay tuned for my guy, Israel Medina, who's going to be on Galactic Soup from 6 to 8 p.m. So again, y'all, I holler.